in the name of all things cozy, we decided that we were going to acknowledge our new year with yes. with an old-ish segment. She's getting old. Yeah. Right? You know, what is this, our, our third episode, our third rendition? I think it is our third because we've done, let's see, we did Girl Interrupted. We did our holiday edition, so this will be number three. Oh, well, now you gave her away. But Give her away. If you know, if you've listened, then you know. The Rudy's Review, <laughs> Saltburn. Welcome to another episode of Stay Rooted with your hosts, Stephanie and Lauren. Pull up a chair because you're attending the virtual mom support group. Light your sage because we are going through it and growing through it. And, and we're, we're always rooting for you. Here we are, and we have decided to acknowledge the new year. Yeah, we're going to accept it now. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. 2024. Yep. Here she is. And with the new year, I think we were ready for some new changes. We wanted to do a little freshening up, revamping. Yeah, personally, I started taking my multivitamin again. Ooh. And like most of my plants look okay-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watered my plants like this week. Yes, but on a on a stay rooted level, we're like, let's freshen her up. Let's do something new. Um, So as you just heard, we have a new intro. Yeah, which is super exciting because we love our original intro, but we were just figuring out how to podcast at that point. So I think like we weren't as comfortable on the mic as we are now. So we were like, you know, let's spice her up a little bit. And I feel like this year, the podcast and everything around it and really us, is all about kind of tuning the fine details. Yes. Um, I just want, like you said, we're going to get good at it this year. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We said we'd do it. People listened to us while we figured it out, which is really, really cool. And now I feel like we have like a good kind of flow going, and we just want to, like you said, just hone in on some little things, you know, just razzle and dazzle them up a bit and you guys keep listening to us yeah. and apparently you're telling your friends somehow some way maybe it's the algorithm i don't know i know but more it's and more you Rudy's guys keep coming to the yard and we love it we it, love to see it absolutely um so i'm excited for what this year brings and i think that this is just a small testament to the fact that we are ready to kick the year's ass. Absolutely. That's what we're here to do. And like we said before, don't be scared of the new year. Make the new year scared of you. Absolutely. And one thing that I have done since we got them, but definitely this year, is live in this stay-rooted beanie. Absolutely. Um, I have not taken the beanie off. I've taken it off zero. It's part of the Sim character, <laughs> you and, know? And let me tell you, because we rocked these beanies for like an entire month prior to releasing them to check the quality. Absolutely. We were our own test dummies. We were doing some serious uh, quality control. But now that I've truly lived in the beanie. Eaten in the beanie. Eaten in the beanies. Napped in the beanies. (laughs) Slept in the beanie. Yeah. She stands the test of time. She holds up. She absolutely does. She's soft. She's well-made. She's warm. She's cozy. And we got snow this week. So, like, we were put to the test of, like, is she warm? Like, is she going to actually keep you warm? And guess what? She does. She does. And you don't have to, like, shave off any little 
fuzz no, balls from there's her. not even any pilling <laughs> none none it's, it's incredible so, so yeah I will say that we will probably be doing something with the beanies soon but they are available on our website they so are. check out the link below yes um, if you are interested in one because turns out we are getting snow uh, <laughs> and even if you're not like who doesn't want a beanie in the winter we need to get those northern attitudes going as our lord and savior Noah Khan would want us to so like Throw on a beanie. And, I mean, to sidebar, we got snow just in time for the global warming deniers to be like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's not even hot. They're snow. Like, I thought you said it wasn't going to snow anymore. And you're just like, yeah. Just banging your head. You're like, I don't even, ugh. Yeah. You're like, you're right. You're right. You're so right. Elsa came. It's all settled. Absolutely. So get your beanies and get them now. Yes. And in the name of all things cozy, we decided that we were going to acknowledge our new year with yes. with an old-ish segment. She's getting old. Yeah. Right? You know, what is this? Our our third episode? Our third rendition? I think it is our third because we've done, let's see, we did Girl Interrupted. We did our holiday edition, so this will be number three. Oh, well, now you gave her away. But Give her away. If you know, if you've listened, then you know. The Rudy's Review. <laughs> salt burn. Salt burn. So, so I, <laughs> let me start by saying that I watched. Let this, you start. <laughs> I watched this movie because it is like super popular right now. And I got curious, you know, I was like, what's it all about? And immediately I was taken in by like the cinematic value of this movie. And then I was kept there by like everything else that happened. So then I was like, Lauren, 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 I know you have you, to watch this. Movie. You have to watch this movie. And I'm like, I really want to talk about this because I feel like it like it's kind of big right now. So I just think that there's a lot of things to talk about. So I forced Lauren to watch Saltburn. And you are one of like, I feel as though everybody has a couple of people in their lives that they recommend the most fucked up shit. You're yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, you'll love this. <laughs> you'll love this, but this it's mostly right about alley. sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, trigger warning, eating disorders, um, trigger warning, violence, trigger warning, full frontal nudity, trigger warning, everything. But I'm honestly, like, watch it. when you recommended it to me, I knew nothing about it. I, I knew that. nothing. And it hides in a strange streaming app, doesn't it? It's like, it's in Prime. It's yeah, in it's Prime. not on Netflix. You know, it's not across the banner, but I kept hearing it come up and I'm like, and honestly, it like started like trickling into my TikTok algorithm too. So then I'm seeing like Jacob Elordi videos and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So then I, I was in and then and then we decided to do it together. So this is our review of Saltburn. And I used the one night with my husband to watch Saltburn. So you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I hope it was a good one. I mean, if anything, it gives you something to talk about because... This movie starts off and it's very like just pleasing to the eye to watch. Like everything's filmed in such a way that it's just cool. So I saw it for five minutes. Yeah. You know what I thought? What? Cruel Intentions. Yes, exactly. And do you know what I Googled on the internet? What? That the director actually pulled influence from like five different movies or works of art. Was one of them? One of them was Cruel Intentions. Do you know something else about her? She was pregnant something. Barbie. Oh my God, she was mid. She was mid. She was pregnant, Barbie. And also, what a year she's having. Margot Robbie's involved in this too. What? She's like, oh, I'll Where? look it up. I'll look it up. But Margot Robbie's also involved in this movie. I know that. But yeah, I saw like the illustrative, like 
it's Y2K. It's like 2005. <laughs> it does. Well, it actually, I'm like, the what mo- time period is it? And my husband's like, the banner just said it's 2005. Yeah, it's literally. It's literally like early 2000s. So a relatable time for us. But we're set in Oxford. And it's definitely a time that everyone's really fixated on right now. Because I feel as though I'm seeing in my algorithms like very Y2K. We're moving forward from friends. We're saying goodbye to the Rachel. And we're saying hello to like Xenon and... This type of Absolutely. this type of look, the like the carryover from '90s to Y2K was that very like moderny. You see somebody in juicy sweatpants. Yeah. I mean, what could say Paris? More? What could say <laughs> Paris more? Paris would be 2000s? so proud, you know. So we start off, and we're um, we're at Oxford, and it starts with Oliver. He's this kind of like. He's nerdy, you know, he's awkward, he's quiet, he's kind of just watching everybody, and it just, you don't feel like a level of discomfort, you're like, this might just be like a coming of age story, like, you don't know what it's going to be about. He's a very confusing looking person. He's very confusing. Because he kind of looks, he kind of looks lost, he kind of looks kind. Yeah. Um, You can't really figure out what's you going can't. on with him. No, you can't. And there's this scene in the beginning of the movie, and I this is obviously going to have spoilers. Like, we're going to talk about everything. Yeah. If so, you haven't watched Saltburn, pause. Pause. We'll see you some other time. Yeah. Go listen to some what I hope you forgive you us. haven't heard. I hope you forgive us for making you watch Saltburn, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Or just don't watch it, and maybe this episode, you don't maybe get to Maybe this is it. all you need. But think of all the LOLs you're missing out on. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it starts and he's like at a tutor or something. He's in an office. Right. And he's very awkward. He's like seemingly intelligent. And they he starts talking to this tutor or whoever he is. He's a professor. And then Farley comes in, who comes back into the movie. But you're getting a very like it's not what you know. It's who, you know, vibe. Yes, exactly. Like you're getting this like elite. There's like an elitist like group like that's a lot of what this is about but you get it in the first scene because yes. he's like I've read every single book on that list and he's like I've I haven't as yeah the professor like, I don't need to and then and he is punctual and he's dressed well and yes. then in comes Farley and then in comes Farley and he's just here to absolutely tear him down he's like you are nothing like you're a joke but he, I guess he doesn't really get into that too much yet he might take a no, couple jabs at he him he looks like a fun little mess yes and he's, he's giving Corbin blue like his hair is given Corbin Blue and I actually I don't know if this is true but I read that he got inspiration from Corbin Blue like High School Musical and if that's true I love that so much it's because the millennials are writing the movies now that's what I'm saying so it's giving High School Musical <laughs> like so he comes in and the professor starts talking about how he knew Farley's mom and starts talking all about her and he's like oh awesome I'll tell her and he's like no um, I actually was just like I watched her I didn't even really know her and it's kind of this weird foreshadowing of like the things to come because then we see Oliver kind of like start into his journey into school and he is watching enter Jacob Elordi. Yeah. Felix. Which Jacob Elordi in Euphoria did nothing for me. Of course, because he's a bag of shit. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people liked that bag of shit. Yeah, because you know, he's I like was more seven in- feet tall, so he gets the benefit of that. But he was—he's a piece of shit. Yeah, in Euphoria, but he was handsome. He is, but he just didn't sure. do anything for me. 
as Felix. Felix. He's such like a magnetic person. Charismatic. And I feel like everybody knows like a Felix that like is very effortlessly like everybody just wants to be around them and you don't know why. And they are Felix are those people that can talk to anybody and make them feel important. And that's what he does. And I don't even with Oliver. I don't even know that it's that because when he's kind of around people, he's kind of like myrrh. Yeah. Right? Once they're in his inner circle. Yes. But I feel like he when has a way of drawing one, though, you in. He gets so deep. Yes. But he is the flame. You are the moth. <sighs> and he's got like this dazzling little smile and he wears these cute little polos. I Absolutely. Can't. Love him. Absolutely. He's like so posh. And you see him. You see him rolling in a field. You see him. You're obviously seeing that the narrator, Oliver. Yes. Oliver. Is taken by him. Yes. And so he's describing him in like a narration where it kind of gives you like a few clips of like something's going to happen and then they just start you back up like they're in school. They don't know each other. Mm -hmm. So Oliver kind of pairs up with like this nerdier kid for a while and they're friends. But like Oliver doesn't seem like he's interested in him at all. And as the watcher, you're like a little annoyed by it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Nothing he's saying is like of any storyline substance. It's just like all side talk. And he's just sort of like in Oliver's way. Yeah, exactly. Is how it feels. And that's how Oliver feels. So when he gets his opportunity to talk to Felix, enter broken bike, you know, he just happens to be riding his bike by Oliver with a broken tire. And Oliver's like, Take my bike. I'll get it from you later. And that's kind of their introduction into becoming friends with each other. Yeah. He's literally like, I love you. He's like, I love you. Take my bike and I'll, <laughs> I'll walk your no, broken. I think Felix says, flat. I love you. Yeah. He's just like, that's it. Oh, that's flex. All it yes, takes. yes, yes. Felix says that to him and he's like, he loves me. He's an act of service so, kind of guy. <laughs> yes. So then they start hanging out. They're going to the bars and it's still feeling like... Like, you just get this sense that Felix is, like, he's popular, he's well-liked, he's well-known, and he's well-off, where Oliver is giving this very, like, kind of humble energy, and it gets to this point where they're like, Oliver, you have to buy everybody a round of drinks, and Oliver doesn't have any money, and Felix comes to his rescue. Yes. And so kind of starts this kind of, like, dependent friendship in a way. Like, he's very... Which we learn is a brand. Is a brand. And it's a brand for Felix. It's something that Felix seems to thrive off of and want. Like, he wants someone to want him and to need him. Yeah, but then he wants somebody to take care of him, sort of. Yeah, it's it's very odd. He's complicated. They're codependent in a way. He's so complicated. So, yeah. So that happens, and then pretty much they just start becoming friends, right? But there are glimpses of it being a little too much on Oliver's end. Yes. Like, he kind of leaves a party with a girl. Oliver goes and follows him and looks out the window, you know? Yes, yes, I wouldn't do that for my for my best friend. I wouldn't either, and I wouldn't recommend anyone. And that's when you get your first like kind of uneasiness. So you see Felix take home this girl, and Oliver, they pan to Oliver, and he's standing outside of the window, smoking a cigarette, watching him. And if you remember, earlier in the movie, he says, um, like, do you want to smoke or something? And Oliver's like, no, I don't smoke. Pan yes. to him smoking outside of his window. So you're like, okay. He's lying, one, why? Like, why lie about that? And two, he's w- he's watching him, and it's yeah. creepy. So you're like, okay, I'm feeling a little uncomfy, but I'm going to still keep watching. <laughs> and it's really like it is the small details in this movie for me. Oh, yeah. And I feel as though when you're, when you're watching him be dazzled, you're watching him be, like, a little more 
obsessed and a little more like hanging on the last thing that Felix did. So yes. there's one scene where Felix is like in his room on the floor, smoking a cigarette, just being like the most being careless all, little being. So laissez-faire. And I don't even know what he's talking about. And he's yeah. like, and he just starts, so Oliver moody. just starts like aggressively cleaning. Yes. Which honestly, I got a glimpse of my motherhood there. <laughs> yes. I like, yes. I was like, that's my six-year-old yes. just smoking a cigarette yes. in the middle on the nugget yes. while I just like power clean all her toys. And I'm like, yeah, it must be nice. Literally. That's, and that's what he literally, was like parenting him. He's like, you're, it, you're so rich that like being, it doesn't even matter that you're filthy. Yes. Like what a luxury. What a luxury to not worry about being filthy. And then Felix is kind of like snappy with him about that. He's like, you know, I don't need you to do this for me. I can do it for myself. And then there starts to become like a little bit of awkwardness because then Oliver is like, hey, are we still going to hang out tonight? And Felix is like, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go out. Pan to him following him again later, seeing him out at the bar with his friends having not invited him. And now Oliver, you can see, is going into panic mode and he's like, what am I to do? And what does he do? He goes back to the apartment and he hooks up with Felix's girlfriend. <laughs> so that's what he does. But it just starts to show that this weird like pattern of obsession that Oliver has with Felix, that he's just so attracted to him, but in a way that's definitely unhealthy and in a way that like, he seems like he almost wants to be him. Well, it's, I was going to say, it starts with like a fascination of him and in an admiration. And then it builds to like this obsession where yes. he wants to like recreate who Felix is. His experiences. Is. Yes. So then it starts to become a little psychological and I get a little excited because <laughs> I like when things get a little weird. And so like, I... Like you said, you're really good at predicting movie endings, and I think I'm pretty good at it, too. Like, if they're going to put something down to be picked up, I'll pick it up. I feel as though I'm too good at it. That's what I liked Humble about brag. this, though, because you know something. Oh, no, I was bad at this yeah. one. Yeah, it was very just like and you I'll thought get, you had it. But I'll get to my predictions as they come up, but. Well, so they kind of had that weird disconnect. Pan to the next morning, Oliver is at Felix's door sobbing. Um, apparently his mom called him, his dad overdosed, and then Oliver starts opening up about his, his upbringing and saying he has a really hard family life. He talks about his mom, um, just living in a house that's so filthy that he can't go back and saying that she has issues with addiction. His dad fell on the pavement drunk, cracked his head open and died. And Felix is like, man, like you should go home and be with your family. And Oliver's like, I can't, I can't go home. I'll never come back. Not everybody has the luxury of being able to come back here. So then yes. Felix is all feeling so needed again. And he's like, well... I'll take care of you. And he literally says, like, my mom's friends come yeah. all the time and stay for months. <laughs> yes, they do. Come on. Come, come on. on down. So then Oliver's all like, no, no, no. But then he goes. Like, he goes and enter yeah. Saltburn. Saltburn? So <laughs> have you seen a Netflix movie that is a children's movie called The Willoughbys? I definitely have. So it's, they have noses or something that's weird. Yeah, like it's different. literally like about like they want to kill their parents. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> but they like they live yeah. in this like big Victorian old home and like literally Saltburn is, is the live action Willoughby's house. I love that. And the parents are even like that. Like, <laughs> the parents are even like that. 
The the Willoughby's. The Willoughby's. The Cattens. The Cattens. The Cattens, yes. The Cattens are batshit. They are absolutely wild. I love them. I do too, especially Lizbeth, or is that her name? Elsbeth. 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 She, I don't know, she is one of those people that is just so out there that like, you know that you wouldn't like in real life, but you love to watch them. Oh yeah, all of a sudden- She's horrible. You went from like this- this college, you yes. know, you're at Oxford. Dorm. Like, dorm, yeah. It's giving a little Harry Potter because it's overseas. Yeah, but they have an accent. <laughs> they sit at long tables. They yeah. sit at long wooden tables. But other than that, it's a pretty standard experience. Yeah. And then you are coming into like what looks like an a, estate. a Harry Potter set. Literally. Where this woman just so twitching like, on the couch. Yeah, so Felix isn't like a little well off. He's like... He has a a castle of a home. It's old, old money. One of my favorite, it's the oldest of monies. And one of my favorite parts is when he's walking through and he's giving the tour and he's so like theatrical about it, kind of walking through the halls, like in his flowy little shirts, like he owns the place and he is so magnetic and so charming. And he's walking through the library, pointing at pictures of his like relatives. And he's like, dead Relly, dead Relly, daddy's Teddy. Yes. And I'm like, I just love him. Like I can see like how somebody becomes so infatuated with a person like that. Yes, and I think his whole game is is getting you getting you there. Yes. Because like, he is just, he's captivating. Yes. But then it's like he he doesn't know how to keep somebody somebody on a receiving, he's on the receiving end. He and loves he, the, he yes. loves the, I don't even know what to call it. I don't know. Being seen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in loving being he's seen. He's on his stage. He's not exactly noticing how exactly observant his new friend is. But you kind of see that his family has shaped him in a way. Like oh. you said, Elspeth. Elspeth. She's just like, she's like, honestly, I can't deal with anybody that's terribly ugly. Yes. So I'm glad you're not terribly ugly. That's like her first entrance into the movie and you're like, oh, Elspeth. And then she's like, just everything she says is kind of a jab, but like in a way that sounds sweet, like she has it done down to like a science. Like she's so cold, but in a warm tone. Yes. And it's really contradictory, but she is like, She's a horrible person, but she's so damn good to watch because oh, yeah. everything she says is also very, like, it is in a way kind of like Felix, like, like you're drawn to her. You want her to like you. She thinks you're beautiful. All she likes are beautiful things. Oh, yes. And know? they keep with the, the cats keep with this, like, weird daily <laughs> traditions that are just, like, no matter what, <laughs> no, they're showing up to. No matter what, it's very and you it's hear very Felix say he's like, "Sorry, things are so old. I have you like these clothes for you because Oliver pulls up in like this roll-on carry-on suitcase to yes. this castle, and he's Felix is like, "We have everything for you, and <laughs> if we don't, we'll buy it." Yes, and they have like help upon help upon help, and there's the one. The one servant that's like very, you can tell, he's very skeptical. Duncan. Of Oliver. Yes, absolutely. He's the one that kind of lurks in the shadows, Duncan, and he opens the doors and he's like just very snippy. And then um, Felix is like, don't be scared of my butler. He just does that. But you realize that <coughs> those people that are not of the status of the Cattens are not as ignorant to Oliver as the Cattens are. Yes. Because they have like this 
ignorance with their charity that they just want to give because it makes them feel a little good. Exactly. But they want all the recognition from it. Yes. So they're not spending any of their time learning what they're giving to, why they're giving. No, it doesn't matter to them. And Pam, Pamela. It's poor Pam. Do you know that they literally have her in the cast as poor Pamela? Like, that is her name. Because she co-introduces her as that. Poor thing. This girl sitting here, she's Lizbeth's friend, right? Like, yeah. She's been living there for, like, I think they say a couple of months. But, like, everybody is very openly sick of her being there. She's given, like, a Beatrix. Yes. And she's very posh looking. And Lizbeth makes this this comment about her saying, like, you think she would be more interesting because she dresses so fashionable, but she's really just nothing. So she tricked me. I thought she would be so fun and interesting. Because she was so pretty. Yeah. Because everything comes down to them as how they are being perceived and everything is about status. And it's just this world of, like, complete and utter wealth. And Oliver is enthralled with it. You can see him taking every single bit in. Now, there are a lot of uncomfortable scenes in Saltburn, but one of the ones that has not been spoken about the most but made me (laughs) extremely uncomfortable. So Oliver walks in for breakfast the morning after his first night there, okay? Yes. And they're like, they're like, breakfast is on the side because everything is very formal, right? So he's like looking around and he asks the butler to like get his plate because that's how it was at dinner last night. (laughs) And then they're like, no, 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 you get your own breakfast. It's on the side. And like, it's humiliating the way that it happens. Like you feel that second and then they like throw in they're like but you have to order but you have to order the (laughs) eggs and they're all kind of just like laughing like how could he not know that you have to order the eggs yeah and it's just this moment of like he is not on the same field that they are and we have farley here with us that's on this elitist field along with them (coughs) we're not sure what's going on with his mom there's like a lot of like sketchy weird side talk at that point with the dad the dad is a real character too the dad there's no happier moment that there's only one moment where I saw the dad truly happy and I don't know actually I don't want to get too ahead of it but it it comes you know we'll talk about that later but at the breakfast scene me and my husband both decided like if we had to be anybody I'd want to be Farley yeah like Like, he's just like the shit talker that has to ask for money but like he gets it he always has like a like a magazine he's always like half interested in what's going on but then when he chimes in he knows exactly and he's so sassy but like they keep having him come back no matter what happens it's like because he's part of their status he's part of their status so they want to keep him in their status even though they do think of him as being below them so we decided he's the perfect character I I don't blame you We haven't even talked about Venetia. Venetia. And you can tell that Venetia right off the bat, it's she's not okay. She's not okay. She's so the thing that's so charming about Venetia is that everything that comes into her head comes out of her mouth. And it's usually really inappropriate, but again, I find it very charming in the movie. So like Oh yes. Anything she says, like she is pulling you in like a spider with her web. Yes. And there's something that she sees from the inside that she sees the system. She's part of it. But you can tell that she knows that it's 
not she's rebelling norm. about it a little like she's not gonna ask to be cut off but she's like not keeping up with her hair in a way that like fits the way that her mom would probably want it you know it's like bleached and a little bit shaggy oh yeah but she'll be damned if she but goes she's to not, university yeah but she's not going to a state school you know yes. and then there is a point here where i made a prediction that he ends up like in that officey thing and he sees the maze. And yes. I'm like, oh, this is rich people hunting poor people. Stuff. Yeah. You're like, is this the Hunger Games? I'm like, I've seen enough of these like eat the rich, yes. you know, style you movies. And I'm like, they're going to try to hunt him. Yeah. They're going to put him in that maze. Oliver, buckle in. I thought you were bad. Maybe you're good. They were absolutely showing that maze for a reason. And I had a thought, too, of, like, what's the point? And, like, every once in a while, I wanted to buy into Oliver being good. But then I would just think about those moments of him watching. And then we got to talk about the bathtub scene. <laughs> so. So Oliver, pretty much on the topic of watching Felix, watches Felix in the tub, having some alone time, okay? He's, like, doing his thing in there. Yeah, because they have, like, this, like, two-bedroom onto this, like, grand bathroom with, like, a clawfoot tub in the middle of yes, the bathroom. It's, as one does. It's quite the setup. It's quite a setup. So and Felix decided to jerk it there. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he absolutely did. On and, the marble floors. And so... You're like, okay, like this is, you know, obviously a little graphic, but you're like, I can handle that until Oliver is watching him. And then Jacob gets out of the tub. Which even that, you're like, like, okay. Felix gets out of the tub. You're like, okay. Oliver's watching him. You're like, he's in love. You know, it's really not appropriate. Like at this point, he's watched him from afar a lot. Like I'm I'm getting a little toned out on that. Absolutely. (laughs) But then it's what happens next. Yes. So... Felix gets out of the tub. He goes into his room. Oliver immediately goes into the bathtub. And he he drinks up the bath water. He licks the drain. He licks the drain. This man has some darkness inside of him because... And this drain is like probably 300 years old. <laughs> this scene... On top of what just happened to it. This scene in particular was one of the hardest ones for me. Yeah. It was the sound of the drain. It of was the, the one that my husband brought up when he said disturbing scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the scenes that she said she modeled from Cruel Intentions because yes. there are those like... Those, like, cringy for that time. Yeah. Because I said to him, I'm like, well, cringy keeps getting cringier. Yes. Like, you have to keep pushing the bar. Absolutely. Right? So like, It's all about pushing the bar. <laughs> and there's this part of me that also, like, as disturbing, like, I hated that scene. Like, the sound, it was really troubling for me. Someone who really, like, has a trouble with standing water to begin with. It was, like, really a mindfuck <laughs> to see that. And then, but then I also have an appreciation for, like, a director, a writer, an actor that's willing to go there to make you feel uncomfortable to like really drive the plot. Like I can accept that. And that's why this movie is cool to me. I just like that they go there. And you're like, this is not a star-crossed lover situation at this point. And they're like kind of making that clear with that scene. You're like, no, this is a little fucked up. Yeah, and then (laughs) like my next question is like, did Oliver have to sex everyone? 
Did he have to sex everyone? It seems that that and the is whole like family. the whole damn family. <laughs> so this boy, uh, he, we quickly find that he is like willing. He is out here knowing that these people have a sense of control is something he's so drawn to in the way that he finds that he can control them is by manipulating them. Yes. So that's kind of what he starts doing. Yeah, he's like, you control everything and I'm going to control you and therefore I will eventually control everything. And that's that's his whole... He tells people what they want to hear. There's this scene shortly after where he's talking to... um, to, to the mom and like the courtyard and she's just saying in the mom she's so she's one of those people that she's trying to say the right thing but it's still so wrong she starts off by talking shit about her daughter's eating disorder and how it doesn't even work and then she goes I just want her to find someone I don't even care if it's a boy or a girl she's like I'm so I'm so progressive yes. but then you're like you're so fucked up you don't even know it you yeah. know you're so clouded by this glamour that you live in that you don't even see how damaged you are and Oliver picks up on that and he gets this is when he has his first weird moment with her where he's like you're so fucking beautiful yeah when they're like and I also the cinematography is like a chef kiss because I loved how they were just having like these very modern like little shindiggy like it's the equivalent of like a little bougie picnic. Yeah. But like on this estate. like So swanky. <laughs> right. They'd just be like little disco balls. And yes. Like, they like love cool a theme party. And like all of this stuff. But it's just like on yes. this massive property. Yes. <laughs> like it's a little thumb stamp. So absolutely. they're just like in a field. And he's like, yeah, you're so fucking beautiful. And uh, like, but he knows that that's what she that wants That's to hear. what she wants. And because they, all she cares about is the beauty. And they kick out Pamela. They kick out Pamela. And that's when you can tell that. <laughs> That, like their charity is so ignorant because Pamela's like, I don't think I'm ready for this. And they're like, no, no, no. You're so no. ready. <laughs> you love it out there. One of those scenes, I know it's a little bit back towards the beginning, but that dinner scene where Pamela's like, but if you need, and the mom is like, but if you're not, um, I don't know what I'll do without you. And Pamela's like, well, I could stay. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> She's like, nope, nope, nope. And I don't know. Oh. It's just very, it's just all so strange. But but yeah, they kick out Pamela. And then in that Pamela. scene, you find out that Pamela died. Yes. Which yes. further fed my, okay, we're, pe- we're poor people hunting yeah. again. Because <laughs> here we are again. <laughs> in the way that she says it, she's like, oh, Ugh. Poor Pamela. I have to, poor Pamela. I have to go, I have to go um, fly somewhere for a funeral. And they're like, who died? She's like, oh, Pamela, she'll do anything for attention. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I have to travel and she's so inconvenienced by it. But you could tell there that like their charity does no good. No. They do no good. Their charity is to, in the end, benefit themselves and not inconvenience themselves. So they want the people there that that they want. Yes. So then Oliver is like, you know what? I'm going to sex your sister. Yeah. He does that next. Yeah. He does the sister so hard. (laughs) Then Farley, he does it. Also, he has no problem with like being caught because he does it right in front of Farley's window. But that's part of it, right? That's part of it. Yes. This is what I thought about. Okay. So have you seen the movie Leo? (laughs) I don't think so. Okay. Well, 
Put it on. Put it on your put watch on, list. Watch so it's an list. animated movie about a turtle. Okay, I'm sure there's going to be a parallel. Adam Sandler is the turtle. Oh yes, 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 yes. I have seen. That's it's a amazing. New movie. I'll yes. talk about it some other time when it's not going to totally sidetrack me. When we're not talking about sexing in the courtyard. But basically, spoiler alert: the children get upset that he's making them all feel special, and then they all find out that they're being like favorited mm-hmm. and it drives them nuts because they're getting this special attention but then everyone else is getting it so is it even special right and i think that that is part of his of game what oliver's doing yes i will say like leading up to what oliver does i don't know that oliver always had the intention of doing what he does that's I think- a question that i have toyed with at like which point does he make the decision to go the next step because he just keeps taking a further step The problem is that after every step, I've never seen much of a bit of remorse, except maybe one time. Maybe one time. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he does that. He does that in the field. He's like, I'm a vampire. Yeah. And, like, honestly, normalize women's periods. So, like, whatever. I told Kenny when he was talking about disturbing scenes, I'm like, you better not fucking fucking add that one on the list. Yeah. I'll swing my tampon at you right now. Don't you dare. (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't you dare. He didn't, for reference. But (laughs) but then enter a sassy little Felix because he finds out and he's a little jealous. Yes. So there is something that his sister says that also was leading me down the hunting his friends path. But then I realize that it's a little different, that it's a little like... Felix likes the the his attention toys. of his friends, his toys. Yes. And she says, you're much more real than the last one. Yes, real. Real. Once <laughs> again, they're going to eat this man yeah. on a barbecue, I think. Yeah. So I'm thinking yeah. still. But, it still could happen. But what I think she means is that he's looking for this person that will just idolize him. Yes. And have no real personality of their own. Yes. But he's looking for what Oliver's doing, but he doesn't realize that, that it, Oliver's doing it leads it a different because, ending. Yes. And he doesn't realize that Oliver is knowingly acting that way because it's what he would want. He thought Oliver was going to be wants. his bot. He is not a poor thing, as we learn. Like, he is thoughtful, he is smart, he is calculated, and he is manipulative. Yes, and this is when we see, I feel like you see Felix being shitty to all of his, like, equal friends, which I guess are kind of douchey and shitty, but he's like, you know what, Oliver, your mom called, like, I'm going to do you this one. (laughs) I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you to your mom's, because your mom called. And, like, you can see him trying to meet Oliver a little bit, but I think it's because Oliver was being a little bitchy at yes. Saltburn, right? So he's like trying to win back his attention. Yes. Which is just probably because they have the two most attached parents I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. Like I am not a licensed therapist, but like but like something's up there. Elsbeth does not know what the fuck's going on no. around her. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So he's like now trying to fight back for yes. the attention. Which Oliver loves. Yes. So Oliver creates a little friction and trauma. Yes. And then he gets like this response. Which he expects. Boom. It's like a little treat. He knew. That's why he does it in front of Farley's window. Yes. Because he wants him to get jealous. And then when he's confronted, he's like, oh, that's not what happened. Obviously, Farley would say that. But that's why we love him. Farley's hair is full of secrets. Yes, exactly. He's Gretchen Wieners. And Oliver has already targeted him as that. He already knows that. Because it's so... He wears that so openly. Because did did we skip over the karaoke scene? 
No, that's at his birthday party. Okay. That is way, way. No, no, no. The karaoke after the dinner of the Henrys. So Farley sets him up before they go to see his mom. And there's this moment where they have this kind of party and it leads to like. Once again, it's the dinner with the Henrys. And he's like, everyone's name is Henry. And they say most of them. And they say most of (laughs) them. Because they don't care about anyone. Yeah. So he's like. They're having this party. They do some um, karaoke and Ollie gets um, Farley alone and he starts talking to him straight on. And he's like, why did you tell Felix? And he starts confronting him and Farley pulls out one of our favorite games, F. Mary Kill. And he starts pointing at these like old ass, like Henry the something on the wall. And he's like, F. Mary Kill. And then he makes some comment about them being, I'd do that one because they would be desperate enough to do anything. And he's obviously making a jab at Oliver, saying that that's how he is. And Oliver then comes very direct back at him. And he's like, or you could just do it with me. And you see that there is this power struggle between these two of like who can push each other's boundary. And then it winds up Oliver doing that karaoke where he says the words are like, you pay my rent. Farley sets him up to sing that. Yeah. And you can tell after this scene, there is a moment that Oliver cracks and he punches the the mirror in his bathroom and he is so angry because Farley has embarrassed him in front of all these people. Yes. And he is so bent on reaching this image that Farley keeps telling them that he can't reach. But Farley is so okay with being the supporting character because he, he grabs that and, mic and he's like, and honestly, yeah, you pay my bills. If he has music, his voice was actually amazing. Yes. Like, I don't know if you picked up on that, but I was like, okay, Farley. But you can tell that he's lived in that supporting role. Yeah, he's, he's like, starts doing the Carlton. He's like, they pay my rent. Like, he's like, whatever. And that's the thing about me is that I would not mind being yeah. that little supporting role. You know, I don't need to be Kim K. Just I can own just be it. like one of the ladies in the Matrix jacket, jackets near I'll her. I'll be like food god or whatever. <laughs> I'll be whoever she wants me to be. <laughs> but in a healthy way, not in an Oliver not way. Not in an Oliver way. In a Farley way. In a Farley way. Yes. And so, yes, yes, you definitely see that that silent divide. And you see that Farley is willing to have this this silent battle with him. Yes. Which then he sucks his Farley. So like, you know. Well, then he gets his control over him. And then Farley the next day is kicked out of the house because he was apparently sending emails to somebody about stealing from their property and selling it. So Farley gets kicked out and you're like, hmm. Has he sexed him yet? It's He has sexed him and you're, it's the morning after he sexed okay, him. Okay, because he was in his room he and was in his room. he went on his... He went on his phone. Yes. So all of a sudden you're like, wow, it seems like anybody that becomes a problem for him is starting to disappear. Yes. So then we start to plan a birthday party. Which is like, but we didn't... Oh, yeah, because we haven't met the parents yet, right? Um, oh, actually, no. We should go home first. So that's yeah. when after Farley disappears that day, that's when they're like, let's go. Um, he's like, I have a surprise for you. I'm going to take you on a road yes. trip. Felix and this says. is when we know that he wants to win him back. He yes. wants to be idolized by somebody. He wants to be followed around. Yes. He needs a little sidekick. So they 
drive off. They've got the wind in their hair. They're having a good time. It's like the last kind of vibey moment of the movie. And of course, his parents say that the area is like shitty because they think everything is shitty. Yes. So you're kind of like, yeah, so they go on this road trip and you can see. So they're going for a while. They're singing. And then all of a sudden, Oliver just starts to like look around and look Uneasy. Yes. Because it's like, I'm not telling you where we're going. Yeah. They drive for hours. So then all of a sudden he's like, he's like, where are you taking me? And that's when he spills it. And he's like, your mom called the other day. She misses you. She really sounds like she's okay. I'm bringing you to see her. Yeah. <sighs> and they pull up to this neighborhood that like in this economy. In this economy, it's giving like, it's giving out of my budget. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> it's giving, you'd have to be like it's giving a butterfly upper. hunter and a It's painter. giving upper, upper middle class. It's oh, giving yeah. lower, upper class. You yes. know? It's a, they're a well, they have a sign on the, when they're walking in, I love the little details where there's like gone fishing. Like, yes. he's talking about living in this house that is like deteriorating with like these parents that like are, the dad is dead and the mom like can't have a relationship with him. And, and Felix's parents pretty much like, solidified it because they were like oh yes that's a very bad area yeah. but of course they think everything is they think bad. everything's bad outside of Saltburn so yeah he's seeing like this nice little brick home and he opens yes. the door and it's the mom and it's this very nice middle aged wholesome woman <laughs> and she is so happy to see Oliver and Oliver is not okay and she goes, you know what? Let me get your father. He's in the garden. He's and alive. He's alive. And Felix, <laughs> Felix, this is when you realize how much he has been raised to worry about his appearance and being like polite and classy around people. Because he's like, we'll stay. He's like, we'll <laughs> stay. And he just sits there with this most intense smile. And you can, because you know, you can tell that he is putting it on so hard. Yes. Despite all of the thoughts going through his mind about how this kid has been lying to him about everything. Yes. And he's like willing to just stick it out to appeal to these two people he's never met. And, yes. and up until this point thought were dead and a criminal. Because he really could have just left in his own car and left him with his family. Why not? Like he's been lying to you. You could have stormed out if you want to. But he's like, nope, I'm going to be polite. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to stay here and sit through it. It'll look bad on me. And you can tell right away that the parents are concerned about Oliver. Oliver, yes. this is not they're Oliver's like, first stop. They're like, you're alive? It's not his first psychiatric break. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And so they start talking about all these things. You see all these lies come to light. He has siblings. His parents are alive and well. And then they say like that Oliver is the top scholar at Oxford. Yes. So now we know that like... This, he is not a poor thing. Like This kid is pretty well off. He doesn't need the help from Felix. There is something else going on. So now you're just like, what the fuck? So they finally leave. Yes. They drive home and it is a silent and fast drive home. And once again, Felix is just feeling hurt. Yes. Like he's just, his feelings are hurt. Which he's is still not sketched out. It's so interesting because Felix is upset. He feels used, but at the same time, Felix wants to be needed, but not used. And it's a very fine line for him. And it was the lies that pushed him over the edge. And I think that 
the deeper meeting is that he's not really nurturing what needs him. Yes. And therefore, it's just like this empty attachment. Yes. So he is going to get used every time because he's not forming any meaningful relationship. He's just saying, oh, my God, you're a poor thing. Absolutely. You seem great. Absolutely. Come hang out with me. So then Oliver, at this point, starts begging frantically when they get there like please can we just forget this like I'm sorry I don't know why I said this like he is in panic mode and Felix pretty much is like your birthday party's tonight (laughs) my parents put it together we're not gonna cancel it which like they've known this person like my don't get me wrong my parents would get a cake (laughs) you know like they would if I brought somebody home unexpectedly, they, they would make sure we they celebrated threw a Midsummer it. Night's Dream themed bash with like three hundred people or something, right? Or two hundred yes. and something people. Yes. So they throw this party, and he's like, "We're gonna get through this party. You're gonna go home tomorrow." Yeah. And he's like, "Please, just don't tell Which your family." Which that was like its own level of fairy smut. A hundred percent. I think it's, it's Farley. It's like oh, a bunch of like people dressing like slutty fairies and. and it really is just and that. it's like yeah perfect you nailed it like the, what a lovely theme but so they end up having the party and Oliver just says can you just please not tell your family he's humiliated he doesn't want them to know so you're like okay whatever and you can tell that Felix also doesn't want to be humiliated yes so he keeps all of that a secret he absolutely he keeps does Oliver's secrets a secret which yeah. just feels like a bad plan at this point so because bad. now. At this point, my prediction was like, okay. Oliver is going to snap or something. Oliver is going to snap on Felix. Felix is the only one that knows. Yes. Right? So he's either going to win him back or snap on him. Yes. And you get to like experience this night where he's like kind of there. Yes. But has no attachment to anything. It's very obvious that he's just sort of roaming around. And he's like looking for Felix and like before we get to like him finding Felix and all of that, there's this moment where they bring Oliver out to sing happy birthday to him and they sing happy birthday and right at the point where it says dear whoever, nobody knows his name and it just highlights the fact that like None of these people know who he is. This is all just part of their having a reason to have a party, to have people come and gawk at their mansion. And it's just like you see like the last shred of anything leave his body when that happens. And he is like, he's dark right now. And he still wants to be there so bad. So bad. So bad. More than anything. So this brings me back to the maze thing because I knew there was a difference between a labyrinth, the labyrinth and then the maze, like a regular maze. Yes. And a labyrinth due to a little Google search before I got on here because Mm. we're growing. Oh my God. You know? (laughs) Research and development. A labyrinth brings you to a center courtyard. Okay. It's a hedge maze or that sort of thing that if you kept your hand on the side of the hedge, it would just, it would, it's the right course. If you just keep going straight, there's a center. Mm -hmm. Whereas a maze has jotted off corners and that sort of thing. So a labyrinth is really leading you to something. Is that a labyrinth? That is a labyrinth. Because it has that center. And when he's in that um, library thing and the little servant man's like, what are you doing in here? Um, It says like the labyrinth maze. Oh, yes, yes. So it's bringing you in, right? It's sucking you into the middle and it's getting you there. And then there's nothing there. And I feel like that, like, yeah, is like such a big reflection of that that like here you are 
Ugh. you got your party, but like it's still empty. Like you're it's not still nothing inside. Feel anything from no. It. Um, but not Felix. I mean, not not Oliver. You know, and no. Felix is still. So socially unaware that like he has this stranger that has lied repetitively, and he's in not his even home. watching him. Like, and he's throwing him a gala. Yeah, rather <laughs> than tell his parents that like he was he was a liar, and he honestly probably lost his power somewhere along the line. Like his parents would never shut down that gala. They right. would never send home all those slutty fairies. No, no, <laughs> not in this economy. They would keep smiling and they'd say, well, he's weird and he's creepy. Just keep an eye on yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so now we're in the maze. Yes. And that's like, that gives like a very euphoria vibe. Like it's you're very just getting like there's, like, there's a, there's a buildup because he's following Felix. You see Felix walking through the woods with this girl going to the center of the maze to hook up with her. Yes. And he's It's like following. one of like the two girls that he keeps hooking up yeah. with the whole movie. Cause I think yes. there's a little side story there that yes. like he doesn't respect anyone. No, exactly. <laughs> They're like, he's charming, but also these people, his footmen, his girlfriends, none of these people are really anything that 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 is that important to him yes and he gets to him and there's like this once again I'm like all right like is he sucking him in for bad reasons but still he's just like you're weird yeah go home leave me alone he's like like, he goes you made my blood run cold he says yes which everybody has already said that they are cold-blooded in that family it has been said out loud by Venetia, Venetia, Venetia in herself. She said they're all cold blooded. Yeah, and he he blames he Oliver. blames Oliver for how he's feeling. And then he's like, "Get out of here!" Like he's done with him. But like you're also, I mean, I'm not on Oliver's side, obviously, <laughs> retrospectively. But you're also like, like he's like. What did you trust? Like you trusted him? Like yes. you knew him for like Exactly. Like there were there were motives that weren't pure on both ends. It's just only one of them was going down a dangerous path. You yes. know, I mean, emotionally, but one of these as we will see goes really bad. So pretty much Oliver starts begging him to 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 be his friend, to give him another chance. He throws up hands him his bottle of what he was drinking, and it just cuts to the scene of Felix just finishing off the bottle of whatever it was while he throws up. And then we're in the next morning. And the next morning, shit is going down. Something is going on, and you just see everybody up and, like, panicking and uneasy. Which isn't usually the vibe. They're usually, like, sitting down. Everything is very scheduled. Acting normal. So. (laughs) Whatever their version of normal is. uh, So So he catches up with them. Yes. And he's looking outside. And all of a sudden, you hear Elsbeth scream. And everybody runs over to the center of the maze to find Felix dead. Yeah. So. They look for him for so long. For so. There's, um. I don't know if you saw Farley and Venetia are like through the pond looking for him. Yeah, they're like, in the pond. Everybody is just going crazy. They float in that pond and that's speaking of stagnant water. That's yes. not a very big pond. It's really not. It's really not big enough for me to get into it. It's like a it. koi pond. So then it's just, it. then it's this really intimate and uncomfortable scene where they kind of like show a close up of just his wings on the ground. Yes. And then the family grieving over him and it's really bizarre and uncomfortable when his dad came over for me specifically because he was just kind of in such shock and he just kind of was like 
get him warm. Get him and, in. And get just, him inside. And then you just see the family freaking out behind, and it's really dark. And then all of a sudden, we're back in the dining room, and everybody is sitting down for yes. lunch. Yes. Well, well, yeah. Elspeth calls it. She yes. says that it's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. They need to get in and they'll call 911 and they'll come and get things and we need to get out of the way. And this is so bizarre. Like this is, yes. this was when you're just like, I could not look away. So they are but sitting in the room. But that's where you see that Venetia and Farley are, Humans are one still. time removed from yes. whatever that. Because you have to think like we see all of the Henrys before them and yes. all of that, right? So they're not quite <laughs> as far gone, not quite as detached. They're probably still angry at their parents for what their <laughs> parents did to them on like a really <laughs> fucked up level, you know? Absolutely. Insert Noah Khan there. Absolutely. So they are a little more human. They are a little a more little, in touch. There's something still in there that feels things on a different level. But this is where you saw that Felix had bought into all of their bullshit like Felix Felix lost to, to Saltburn to this whole yes. lifestyle you know like he yeah. embodied it and now he's gone know, he's the fallen angel in the middle of the labyrinth yes so yeah they go inside for lunch they go inside for lunch and like you see like the the mom and dad are trying to have a conversation they're asking Oliver about like his party being like did you enjoy yourself and then you see Venetia and she's just pouring her red wine and it's just overflowing out of her cup Farley is like gagging at his plate and then it gets even you're already uncomfortable but they're also like having small talk yes it's very it's so bizarre and then that's when, um, what's his name? The butler comes over. I like that we both just dedicated to not remembering his name. I know. Name. We should I, remember his name. Duncan? It's probably Duncan. It could be. It is now. And he's pretty much like, can we close the blinds? Because they're going to be walking by with him. So they close these blinds. And now it's the like. The world's squeakiest gurney. It is. Yes. The world's squeakiest gurney. And the place is red because the curtains are red. And it's just a very intense scene. Yeah. And they're all just sort of looking at each other and like kind of like holding back their sobs. And yes. It's very, very. and But. Looking at Oliver, he is very disturbed by this scene, too. Yes. Like, he is not having a chill time. No, he's not having a chill time. But at the same time, he's also the only one out of the three, like, quote unquote kids that's, like, playing into their conversation. Yes. And it's just, like, you're just, like, what the fuck? Like, what but happened? he is getting to be there for them. Yes, exactly. Because he can't be there for Felix anymore. Absolutely. No, he can't. So, Which is weird because he never sexed Felix. He never and did. And you could definitely tell he wanted to by Absolutely. like his vivid field dreams. It you know? almost was like that it was more powerful for him to not with Felix and just to leave him like wanting him. That's like kind of the impression I got. Because Felix, Felix to him is truly like the unattainable like perfect like that's yes, who he wanted the specimen. to be. So now he's in his seat basically. Literally. Literally. And it's weird because Farley's like, why are you still here? Yeah, like, why haven't you gone home? Yeah, and then things just start to pop up like that where people are starting to question him. And then Venetia, poor Venetia. Sweet, sweet Venetia. So Venetia draws herself a bath. And wait, have we uncovered what happened yet? Not yet. No, we Not don't yet. know yet. So poor Venetia has a bathtub and Oliver comes in as he does because he's always watching everybody. And they have this whole conversation. And she 
sums up Oliver in one line in this part of the movie. Which is where you know that like she is detached from her family in a way that and she, she is keeps also, quiet, but she's disturbed by what goes on. She totally is. And you see it even in the entrance. The whole family is in the, the library and she's in this room across the hall. And her mom's like, she's been draping herself out waiting for you. And she's just watching. Yeah. You know? She's always watching. And, she's just being observant. And this, there's this whole intense buildup where she's getting more and more upset with Felix and just, I mean not with Oliver and she's questioning him and she's just like kind of coming at him really hard and she goes I don't think you're a spider I think you're a moth and she says that she he's not wrapping his webs around people he's drawn to light like moth to a flame and he eats holes inside of everything that he latches onto yeah. so she's implying that like She's in a way kind of on to him. Yeah. And then Venetia's gone. Ugh, yes. That was graphic. That was very graphic. And also, like, I don't think we should have big altercations with people when we're when we're in the soaking ba- in a bath. It just seems like you're in a very vulnerable position. And then it's people just pans- that we think murdered somebody at a party. Yes. And then it just pans to Oliver being like she said she couldn't live without him. Which honestly was like Nobody questioned it. Perfect cover up. Bam. Bam. She's gone. We also failed to mention that he sexes the grave. Yeah. Oh. That was disturbing. Okay. That was a disturbing scene. I might have forgot about that. So they have a funeral for Felix, obviously. And it's. She draws herself the bath after the funeral. She draws herself the bath after the funeral. And do you know? So there's this scene where everybody leaves. Oliver is at his grave and then he just he just does the grave like he's crying he's sobbing on the it's grave it's raining he gets naked and he just like thrusts the the earth the new soil of yes so the turned over soil the craziest part about this is that you might have seen this too i'm not sure but that that was not written into the script. He was like the script I just had him crying, and he was like, "This what he said about it was like." I think that Oliver would have taken it here, but can you just imagine him starting to do that and like the people behind the camera just being like, "Um, like, keep rolling, <laughs> yeah, keep rolling." This is, gonna this, get good. this is getting good, but like. I don't know. I just thought that was crazy. So that's another graphic scene. And now you're like, he's not okay. And now you're like, he's not okay. Then he kills Venetia and you're like, all and right. And you're like, okay, he's a okay, he's a fucking killer. So then things start really unraveling. Everybody's dying. And um, the dad takes Oliver into his office and is pretty much like, what will it take to get you out of my life? Because he's got his checkbook out. He has it's his like, checkbook out. You know, he's Mr. McAllister over here. He's like, I will get you out of here. And Oliver leaves. After he's just killed, we haven't even gotten to the full like reveal of everything, but these two people have died. He has taken over their home and now he's been paid off to live and he's like, Okay, goodbye. Yes. Like bye. It's goodbye. Yeah. So then because we, he has he has the money. He has the money. So then it pans like 10, 15 years later. Now we have a grown up Oliver and he's in a cafe with swirly hair and he looks like he was paid well. Right? Like yes. he looks well off. It was a big number. It was a big enough number for him to leave. And he's reading a newspaper article about how Mr. Um, Saltburn has died. Yes. 
Enter Lesbeth. Elsbeth. Elsbeth. I can't remember this woman's late this woman's name, Elsbeth. So she comes in and they start reconnecting and she's like, I was just so bothered about how he treated you. Come back to Saltburn with me. And things just start escalating fast. And what happens to Farley? Farley just leaves. Like, I don't know where he, he didn't die, but he's not around. Who knows? Yeah. He was probably paid well too. Who knows? They don't show, but they show, they show the mom come back. He, she says, come to Saltburn with me. Yes. And then two seconds later, she's on a ventilator. Yes, in the room that he's been narrating from the whole time, which I love a little, a yes. little Easter egg like that. Yes. Which I could tell, like, once we were well into Saltburn, there's a part where, I think it's where he's running around like a little fairy, and he's like, these are all the rooms, dead Henry, dead Henry. <laughs> yes. That you see, like, that red-walled room. Yes. And that's where he is. Yes. With Elsbeth. Yes. Um. So, yeah, you, you It was kind, kind of, of like a little Easter You get egg. this little glimpse that, like, they get married. He's, she signs over all her shit to him. Yeah. And then she gets very, very sick. And I think he says that. Like, it's so sad that you got so sick so, so fast. fast. And there she is on a ventilator. And he's been confessing all of this to her. Yeah, That's the narration. He so tells now, her the whole story of it. And now then, we get a full flashback. And well, that's no. When, he, no, Am I skipping? Yeah, no, we get a full flashback. We get a of full what really flashback. Happened. Yes. So that's when we find out that he had pretty much um, poured like a ton of, I think he poured a ton of cocaine into um, into the drink that he handed. Yes, because there was coke to in the Felix. Bathroom, right? Yes. And then we To make it look like an overdose. And yes. Everything, everything from the bike tire, every every single bit the of money. it. But that's where I say, like, I'm not sure. I can't decide if, like, was that harmless at the time? And he just kept getting more and more, like, drunk off of just, like, the being there, being a part of it. Like, that was one of the questions I had written down. I was like, do you think that Oliver intended to kill Felix going into the party? Or do you think that he actually wanted to talk to him and like wanted another chance? Like, do you think there was any outcome in which he left friendly with him? Like, it's just hard for me to think of him going down that path when we've seen like the darkness of the like the watching and the drinking the water and just all of these moments where I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, and his want of status, like well outweighs his want for connection. And yes. you see that because he literally murders everyone that he formed a connection with. Absolutely. Um, and you can see that he's totally okay now being here, being alone. Yes. But but having Saltburn. But having Saltburn. And, and Saltburn is so like, I mean, obviously you would be like, you would be captivated if you were in it. But, yeah, like, but like, it's very murder mystery. Absolutely. It's very clue. It's, it's very, not like this beautiful, it's modernized. Not, it's not cozy. No, no. And he, so at the end of him talking to her, he's like, um, I wasn't in love with him. I know everybody thought I loved him, but sometimes I hated him. I hated all of you and you made it so easy. Spoiled dog sleeping belly up. And that's where I was like, he has always had something dark in him. He has always had this drive for taking what's better off. He didn't need their help. His family was well enough up, like well enough off. Like he just desires more. And I think his desire just overpowered everything. And clearly he has no remorse because Panda murder on the dance floor. Murder on the dance floor, which this is like 
<laughs> All right. So I really thought this scene was like really important, <laughs> but like in a very unnecessary way. Yeah, it was that's excessive. A real thing. But also, you're like at this point, like after everything we've seen, it kind of makes sense that they go out this way. Oh yeah, he is just gallivanting, full frontal nudity. It's a murder on the dance floor, <laughs> and he's just literally dancing through every room of this empty home and that's where you and it's see it's all his he's been stripped of everything literally everything. like anything that could really be meaningful to somebody's that that's riches isn't a material item yes. is gone and he there's not is even happy. any help left I don't know. I think Duncan's gone. I would hope Duncan's gone. I would hope he resigns. And then Saltburn is his. Oh, yeah. And there's just like his just penis bouncing everywhere. I know. know. And he's just like, but the thing is, is he doesn't even have connections to these things. Like, that is the real, like, sick part of it all is that he really wanted these things so bad. Yes. And he was so willing to, like, demonize the cats for yes. for prioritizing that and for for making that their focus and for being belly up and yes. I feel like when you see that switch where that there is it's that his. eat the rich feeling yes. is when he's on the ground in his room and he is like only somebody so rich could afford to be so filthy like yes. he's he's demonizing him for being for being out of touch but he wants to but be out of touch But he wants to be so out of bad. touch so bad. So it's just, it. I think it's called like a thriller comedy. And that's the perfect way to describe it. Because there are a lot of parts of this movie that are funny in yes. a weird way. And like almost a satirical way. But also like when it picks up, it picks up. So if you've stuck along with us this long, I think you're going to watch it or you already have. Yes. And I will say that the F... Mary kills are so obvious. Like, yes, give it to me. This doesn't even feel like it has to be a game because it feels like this this movie was like an F Mary kill that went too far. Yes, exactly. No, literally. But they were like, they all ended up in kill, even if they started off as kill, 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 kill. Yes. But for me, I'm just going to go with the obvious male choices. Okay. F Mary kill, Felix Farley Oliver. Felix Farley Oliver. Obviously, I have to kill Oliver. Should have um, killed him when he walked through the door. Should have killed him when he walked through the door. And uh, I guess, I guess, Mary, um, Felix, because I mean, they're both have money, but Felix is a little more charming to me. And Farley, I guess, F. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. What about you? I think I would marry Farley just because I think me and Farley would would have a lot of fun. We'd make a lot of. I want to be like friends with him. So yeah, I guess you're right. You can be friends with him when I'm married. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And I will kill Oliver because he needs to be killed. Because he's literally he should have been put down at the beginning. Absolutely. And then. I would have Felix. Of course. Because he's really tall. Yeah. And I like <laughs> And he has that whole thing going for him. He that does. whole charisma. He looks good in fairy wings. Absolutely. I love that in That's a man. really hard to find. I love that in a man. <laughs> I don't have one written down, but I think it's easy to come up with one. So I'm going to give you Venetia Elsbeth. <laughs> Am I saying it right? I think it's Elsbeth. Elsbeth. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone say it out loud or since I poor, watched the Poor Pamela. Oh, I think I would. I think I would marry Venetia. You yeah, know? I think what a, a fun bit life. Of therapy, and we could get somewhere. I think so too. You know, we get her out of Saltburn. Yes, alive. Yes. Um, I think I would kill Elsbeth. Yes, 
And then I think I would have Pamela, 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 because she has good style. Yeah, absolutely. And a bad personality. Absolutely. It's a How story to you? tell. I think that I would, um, I think I would marry Venetia also. I'm going to F the mom and I'm going to kill poor Pamela because I just don't know if I can. I just don't know if I can. Technically, they're all dead. Technically, they are all dead. I will say that this was a fun one to watch. And I think when we originally said we were going to do the Rudy's Review that we would do older movies. But there are so many movies coming out. And I just feel like... This one's one that's like been talked about. Absolutely. Like once you said something to me, my algorithms were like, oh, it was oh, like we're say doing less. This. Yeah. yeah. And that was all I saw. Absolutely. And I do feel like it really was like, it left me scratching my head in like yes. a, it was like a very, very dumbed down Shutter Island. Yes. You know? It was. It was just a oddly weird, but like also just, I don't know. I was held into the movie the whole time. Yes. So. It was like, it was like an Alice in Wonderland experience, yeah, and I enjoyed it. With and, more cocaine and murder. And I will say that we don't usually add Mooney mixes, but we do need murder on the dance floor to stay on the Mooney mix forever. Forever. And I think I added it last week, but I wanted to say there's also an orchestra version. Oh, no, version, you did already add it. But and we we're just... going to add every version. <laughs> and honestly, it's all I have been listening to. And I have to say that it brought me back because I was in my cruel intention field. Yes. That it brought me back to color Blind by Counting Crows. I am color. Oh, good one. And Once honestly, we find out Sebastian's dead. This song, the soundtrack, the score, whatever of this movie, very good. And I think oh, yeah. I might dig through and throw a few of them on the Moody Mix because yes. as I was, as I've been in my murder on the dance floor, like obsession right now, that's been like my song. I have put on, I've found playlists like You're at Saltburn or something like that. Well, and it'll just say, be like, you know, that. I was I was gonna say that's how you gotta stay relevant in this town. You that's know? showbiz, this baby. Town <laughs> <the internet>. <laughs> so <laughs> this little town being Spotify, absolutely. So <laughs> that's what we're talking about, and that's Saltburn. The Rudys reviewed it. And what would you give it? Okay, At, are we going out of five? So Rotten Tomatoes gave it seventy-eight percent. Yes, but which is yeah, good we're for Rotten give Tomatoes. It out of five. Honestly, I think like for what it is, I would say like. A 4.5? I'm going to say a solid 4. Yeah, I think it's a great movie. It's worth watching. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. It kept me in. I recommend it. Yes, and I will say that, you know, these... These movies these days, they're more indie. They don't they yeah. don't they don't give you a happy ending on every story. No. But I'm gonna, you know This one closed up nicely though. And one of my resolutions is gonna be to not complain about that like a boomer all the time, you know? I'm gonna <laughs> it's try a to murder tuck on that. the dance floor. I'm gonna say I don't need to know Farley's ending. No. But it's a murder on the dance floor. But I'm thinking about floor. it. And how long was Lizbeth sick? And where, I think I'm still saying her name wrong. And wherever <laughs> you are, Farley, I hope you're well. I hope you're still funny, but thanks for listening. Thanks for attending our virtual mom support group with Stephanie and Lauren. Pull up a chair, light the sage. We are going through it and growing through it. And And we're we're always rooting for you. And to murder on the dance floor. Murder on the dance floor, which this is like, (laughs) all right. So I really thought this scene was like, Really important, but like in a very unnecessary way. Yeah, it was excessive, but also you're like at this point, like after everything we've seen, it kind of makes sense that they go out this way. It's murder on the dance floor.